Welcome back, Kofkin Bond & Co. listeners, to podcast number 172. I'm sitting here today with Lucy Claxton, who is our accredited in-house aged care specialist. Welcome, Lucy. Thanks for having me, Tony. Wonderful. Uh, I also just want to apologise for the listeners not being around for the last couple of weeks. Jamie decided to take a holiday and we were also fumigated out of this office for nearly a week from one of the other tenants deciding to repaint and revarnish their entire office. So, But we're back and better than ever. We are back and better than ever. So, Lucy, aged care, it's, it's a... It's a growing field, uh, and especially for a lot of people who are my age in their mid-50s who are now being approached by their parents or speaking to their parents about uh, potentially moving into aged care. What actually made you so interested in aged care to look at, the, look at being our accredited specialist? Yeah, honestly, a big part of it is that it is a niche and that not a lot of people actually know that it exists at all. Uh, A lot of people assume that, you know, when you do enter aged care, that's it, your money goes down the drain. Um, And so I like the idea that it is a niche space and also a complex space. Um, And yeah, quite rewarding, really, when you can take some of the financial burden away on families so that they can focus on, you know, the emotional time and spending good quality time with their loved one. It, it, yeah, it, it really sits well. And it is something that you are totally passionate about because you did approach us and said you wanted this to be your specialist field and we it's not an area that we had worked in before. So it is something that you are definitely passionate about. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I have. I've done a specialist course now to upskill um, and, and truly every time a new aged care case lands on my desk, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm learning all over again because of the complexities. But yeah, it, it definitely um, does require a lot of problem solving, which I, I think is what what interests me mostly. You you mentioned the word complexities there. What should a family member be thinking about or considering when they are looking at, um, you know, maybe one of their parents moving into aged care? What are those considerations? Yeah, so funding the cost of care is the biggest question. Um, You get posed with what's called a RAD, which stands for Refundable Accommodation Deposit. Uh, And so a lot of people are thrown by that because those uh, numbers can be anywhere between 300,000 and up to 2 million. You saw one just recently for 2 million. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And so the biggest question is where the hell am I going to get this cash? Uh, But the reality is, is that you don't actually have to pay a lump sum. You can convert that bond or RAD into what we call a daily accommodation payment. Uh, Basically, it's like instead of buying a house, you're renting a house. So because of that, it does become a lot more affordable for people. Um, But (laughs) uh, currently where the... um, industry is or where the sector is the cost of aged care does exceed the pension a lot of the time so it does still require very careful cash flow cash flow planning on that basis with the complexity of the aged care pension uh as you just mentioned you know it does still end up costing out of out of pocket and out of money themselves other considerations like for example your family home is an asset test exempt asset uh, for the age pension whilst you're living in there but if you were to move out and keep the family home and move into aged care is that a consideration or secondly if you were to sell it 
and those funds, are they then treated as an accessible asset for the age pension? Yeah, I'll, I'll break that up a little bit. So first things first, when you enter aged care, uh, the home is exempt for Centrelink purposes for two years. After that, it's treated at its full accessible value, which is when we usually need to make some changes for the strategy. Um, what was your other question, Sarah? Uh, the other question is that if they uh, do sell the house immediately to move into the aged care, does that then, and they buy RAD with that, does that then become an accessible asset for the age pension and could they lose the age pension? Yeah, so w- with careful planning, they uh, sorry, with not careful planning, they definitely could lose the pension. Um, the idea usually would be that you sell the home and you pay out the RAD because whatever you pay towards the RAD is also exempt for Centrelink. So there are a lot of considerations there. Uh, another thing that I'll just point out as well is that if a protected person is living in that home, it's exempt. Um, basically for as long as they actually live in the home, so even beyond the two-year period. Um, And so what we find a lot of the time is couples will come to us and one couple has moved into aged care and the other doesn't want to live on their own, so they might move in with, you know, a family member, but that actually ends up then meaning that the house is up to be uh, assessed after that two-year period, which can then put a lot of financial stress on the family. So that is a strategy, sorry, I should say mistake that we see quite a lot of time, which is, yeah, why that planning is really important especially when there is a home involved. Lucy, I know you as a person who has a lot of empathy. In regards to the um, when you're dealing with different age brackets, the 50-year-old son and the 83-year-old mother as an example, um, on that basis, are there a lot of emotions that come into it and these decisions and not wanting to sell the family home and emotional attachment? Um, and how would you handle those things? Is it just looking at the dollars or just showing people the options that are available if they do or if they don't? Yeah, no, it, it is a good question. We definitely do see that quite a bit. Uh, it is rare that I'm actually dealing directly with the person who is either in aged care or considering moving into aged care. It is um, more often than not the power of attorney or um, you know some, some family members, usually brothers and sisters who are taking care of the financial affairs. Um, and that's, you know, that's the, the biggest challenge that we do face is uh, you know, making sure that everyone understands and also agrees on one strategy and so where the house is important um, you know from an emotional perspective we absolutely can can work around that uh, as long as all the family members do understand the limitations then um, and you know potentially might need to be willing to then contribute some funds into you know the to fund the cost of care for that person Um, but yeah look it's a it's a good point because managing those conversations can definitely be difficult especially when our obligation is to the client and we sometimes don't meet the client, uh, you know, so it can be really difficult to understand what their, well, that person's goals and objectives are when you haven't actually met them. So you're, you're putting a lot of trust, you know, in the client and they're obviously putting a lot of trust in you too. Can I ask a question there? So as an example, when my father went into aged care, my mother didn't, she still stayed living in the family home. Um, from that perspective, uh, who is actually classified as the client? My father who had Alzheimer's who couldn't make a decision for himself or my mother or them as a couple? How, how do you work that? Yeah, so... She did have, obviously, power of attorney and et cetera, yeah. yeah. Well, it is. it would have been your dad in that situation. He's our client first and foremost. Uh, as power of attorney, your duty is to represent 
the interests of somebody else. Um, and so, yeah, that's, you know, why it is obviously important. Uh, you know, estate planning comes into it as well. And, and, and that's why it is so important to be having those conversations before it gets to a point where you actually can't make those decisions uh, and you have to get a, a financial order or whatever it might be. Planning, you know, even five years out from expecting to go into aged care is really important from a cash flow perspective, but also estate planning. If someone's going to be making decisions for you financially and medically, you know, who do you want that person to be? And do you feel comfortable that they uh, will represent your best interests? Um, yeah, all really important points. Lucy, you mentioned uh, earlier regarding the RAD. There has been misconceptions out there in the past of people I've seen, and this is certainly not an area of expertise by any means for me, um, but they have believed, well, if I pay this RAD and mum or dad pass away in six months, do I just lose that money? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. So no, the, the key word there is uh, the refundable in refundable accommodation deposit. Um, that is also government guaranteed. So any money that is paid to towards the RAD is completely refundable upon death. Um, there, there is a time limit as well. I believe it's about 14 days that the facility has to repay the estate until interest starts being um, uh, Accrued. Accrued is the word <laughs> uh, on, on that amount. The only exception there is um, if you elect to pay some of the daily fees out of the RAD, um, which sounds complex, but it can actually be a really, really effective strategy um, to improve the cash flows so that you don't feel like you're forking out thousands and thousands of dollars each and every year. Uh, and so what that would mean is the only amount that you would get refunded is the amount that you haven't put towards daily fees. Okay. One last question to close, Lucy. If somebody's already in aged care, is that too late then for them to actually, or their family members to go and seek um, financial advice? Absolutely not. Um, I mean, ideally, we, we do speak to, to a family before that decision is made um, because we can be a little bit more strategic, especially around the home. Um, but, but no, short answer is no. We can definitely put strategies in place when a client is already in aged care. Um, and as long as they have a elected power of attorney or um, guardianship order so that we have the legal ability to actually take action. Thank you. Lucy, thank you for today. I want to thank you and actually just say that you you actually now, this is the first ever recorded podcast that we've done, not just uh, sound, but also visual. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing this podcast out there in the world as well. Likewise. Wonderful. Thanks, Lucy. Thanks for having me. The Coffin Bond Podcast is a product from Coffin Bond & Co, which we are an authorised representative of Gown Financial. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of the Coffin Bond Podcast are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decision, you should read the product disclosure statement and if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from the podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Kofkin Bond website, or you can find resources on the ASIC website and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Kofkin Bond and Co. and the host of the Kofkin Bond podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of the country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.